0: everyone my name is Bree and I'm so excited that you joined us today for foster care chronicles this is a podcast that has been a long time coming from my ministry made to thrive I'm just so excited to get to share with you all a little bit about what we've been up to as far as spreading awareness and helping out some kids and teens in the foster care system um, today we're actually gonna be talking with my mom which sounds kind of crazy but she's not just my mom She's also the co-founder of Made to Thrive Ministry, and she is the person who came up with all of the good ideas, to be honest, about Made to Thrive Academy. So before we jump into our conversation, I just want to give a little bit of a heads up that some of the conversations we'll be having today can be a little bit sensitive. We're going to be discussing, you know, different instances of abuse and um, mental health and mental illness. So just wanted to give you that heads up before we get into it, but let's jump right in. So today I'm really excited because on the podcast is the one and only my mom and I asked her to join the podcast because today we're going to be talking about Made to Thrive ministry and our experiences with foster care and really you know the reason that I'm involved in foster care at all is because we grew up in a family that brought in children in need so I thought no better way to start off this season of Foster Care Chronicles then with my mom say hi mom hi biana <laughs> but this she's is the mom year. <laughs> she's the best um so let's jump right in sure um i mentioned already that we have been in our family taking in children in need for as long as i really can remember how did that
1: come about with our family? Because we didn't really do it through the system. No, we didn't do it through the system. Really, the way we got started was your father and I saw a lot of children um, that were going home to empty houses, or they didn't have support when they got off the bus, or um, you know they were crying out for a meal, or they needed a place to sleep, or and they were actually children that were friends with you and Brianna and with Brayden so we decided um, actually we didn't decide it the Lord just pretty much did it for us Um, we just opened up our doors and we made our house the house to come to when you wanted to get a meal the house to come to when you just needed a quiet space um, the house to come to you know if you needed to study for a test or if you just needed a hug and the door was always opened. We never turned anybody away. Absolutely.
0: And I remember so clearly the day that my best friend at the time, we were in high school and we were on a way to um, a funeral of a friend of ours when this friend called and said that they had been kicked out of their house, that they didn't have even shoes on their feet. And that they were at the middle school down the street and could be come pick them up. And then he stayed with us for almost two years after that. Yeah, they
1: come and they never leave. And that's okay, too.
0: Yeah, but I think that's exactly, you know, what kind of gave us the foundation to be able to take in kids in need. Because I saw you guys do it so well. And even before him, there were other kids that came for weeks at a time, even if, you know, just they were having trouble at home or... You know, we had the girls who came to us because they had a single mom as a mom who needed, you know, extra help when she would go to work or things like that. So I think that was kind of what kickstarted all of this for us. You know,
1: you know, there's a saying and uh, God says it where much is given, much is expected. And you you know, um, we've been very, very blessed with you guys growing up. I did not have to work. I I wanted to work, but I did not start working until uh, Brayden, our youngest, was in first grade. So we were able to maintain our home. We were able to um, not really need or want for anything. The the Lord provided that for us. So we just decided, you know what, these children are really crying out. They really need a place to go. And, And we wanted to make sure that our doors were open for them. Well, thank you for doing that because none of this
0: would have happened if you guys didn't say yes. So thank you.
1: That was another, that was another uh, thing I wanted to add in there really, really quickly. You know, there are pros and cons to being a foster parent. Um, the right. biggest thing for me, um, not necessarily going through the system, but quote unquote fostering children um, is that it's the pros are. You have the impact, you have the ability to impact their hearts and their lives and their souls, you know, spiritually, mentally, physically, but yet at the same time, they grow up just like your, my birth children did. Right. Yeah. And, or they end up going back to their birth parents, which ultimately is the goal. So there's right. definitely pros and cons to each. I did not teach, I didn't treat any of the children that came into our home any differently than I treated the three of you, my birth children. Um, You know, there were, there were rules that were set down. If you were in this home, we weren't doing drugs. We weren't drinking alcohol, things like that. Um, You know, if you wanted to have a party, that's great, but I'm going to know who's coming over or, right. Right. right? So we just made this the party house and, and daddy always jokes. He always says, you know, when we get into bed at night, he leans over and he says, you know, I've heard of people adopting dogs, but here we are filling our house with children. You know, who's going to (laughs) be at the dinner table tomorrow night? So yes, it it was just a really beautiful, it's just a really beautiful thing to have the opportunity to, to touch someone else's life that isn't mine.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. And I think it's so special because even to this day, we're still in touch with some of them. I mean, we just got together from Memorial Day weekend, and one of our brothers, two of our brothers, really um, came over, and we had a fire pit, and we were just all, you know, shooting the breeze, catching up, and it was like nothing ever changed. Like they're very much still a part of our family, just as much as they always have been, even though
1: we're all grown ups now and live in our own places and do our own thing, you know? Exactly, exactly. And and the the beautiful blessing in that is we had just a tiny piece of of that security in their heart or you know just comfort um we had a tiny little piece of that like we were doing the lord's job Uh, we were working with our hands and our feet and our hearts and our and our arms you know just some people just need a hug you know some people just need to know you're okay some people just need need to know you're loved you are loved yeah. and you're not just loved right. by me. You're loved by the biggest, bestest God, the father, of, right. you know, and sometimes all we figured children ever needed any child yes. that I've ever run into in school, any child that I ever, uh, you know, run into through you guys growing up, they just needed to know they were loved Yes, and, absolutely. and that's it. Yeah. Someone absolutely. cares.
0: I've seen that in our experience too, you know, with our kids, I feel like the most success we had with them, um, and the most growth we saw with them was when we had, you know, consistency in connecting with them and consistent boundaries with them. I feel like those two things kinda go hand in hand and how like our God, right? To have love but also instruction, to have um grace but also have boundaries and not to be a buzzkill or to be a strict parent, but because these things are put in place to protect us, you know? And I think when we see the most growth in our kids, it's when they understand that because we love them, that's why these things are in place. But do you remember when we first became foster parents? Like, do I like need really in them? honor?
1: Oh yes, I remember when you and Connor first became foster parents. What were your thoughts
0: on becoming a foster nana? Like, what was your first? What 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 were you thinking?
1: Oh, um, you my, my first my first response was just overwhelming joy. Like, wow, we are repeating <laughs> the cycle, right? Yes, yes, a good cycle. Yeah, <laughs> overwhelming joy that your heart would have been so touched to continue you know, with, with serving God's children, children in need, um, the, uh, the joy of that, the blessing of my heart, you know, I just, I just keep that so close to me all the time. Um, but being a foster Nana, um, I have to say there's some fear in there as well. You know, there is joy, there's excitement, there's fear. I also wondered how am I so worthy that God would now trust me through you and Connor to be a Nana. Like how, how's that going to work? What's that going to look like? You know, right? um, what do I do? Where do I start? You know? um, And am am I capable of it? You know, because you guys have been out of the house. We've been empty nesters now for two, three, three, almost four years. So bringing in plus the children that we brought in were the oldest was 17. The youngest, youngest was six weeks. So right. the teenagers that you're bringing in, it was just a different um, situation. It was a different circumstance. So, in my heart, I was just like, "Oh my goodness, uh, is she gonna like me?"
0: <laughs> that was my first thought about becoming a foster parent too. Yeah, I was like I hope they like me. Yeah. <laughs> and then the first, the first person we had in our home when I went down to greet her, the the her case manager had dropped her off. And I knocked on the window and I'm waving in the window. And her first, the first thing she said to me was, are you my foster sister? (laughs) And I was
1: like, we're off to a good start. We're off to a good start. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Yeah. There's, there's not, you know, they say there's not, there's something about being a parent, but there's even more joy in being a, a grandparent or a nana. Or a pop up you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. What have been
0: some of the challenges through your experience taking in kids and then also through watching us do
1: it? Right. So I think some of the experiences um, that we've encountered were more, they weren't as harsh as the experiences that you're having, if that makes sense. Um, because the children that we took in weren't coming from another country. They weren't crossing rivers. They weren't coming over the border. They didn't have trauma from point A to point B. Um ours, did they have trauma? Absolutely. You know, were they were they pained in some way by their parents? Absolutely. Um, but it was just a little, it was different. It was different. So the kids that we brought in, um, I felt like I had a little bit more oversight on because they're in my home, um, you know, when they go by our rules and our guidelines and and our understanding. Um, but also at the same time, um, a little glitch was their parents. I always had their, pa- their birth parents in the back of my mind. Am I worthy of doing this for their parents, like, same am time. I doing am I raising them as right. their parents would want them raised? or am right. I making proper decisions? would if what I'm doing would his mom do that? Right. It's to honor them. to honor yeah. that's it. Yes, absolutely. to honor their decisions. but yet at the same time, if they're in my home because they only have right. one pair of shoes, there's there was no honor. So but still, the right. Lord calls us to honor. Um, You know, so we so we always made sure that um, if any parents got involved or whatever that was, um, you know, in whatever situation we were in, that we would speak to the parents and find out and get their input as well. So it wasn't just us making that impact.
0: Right. And that's what we would call in foster care, like co-parenting, like coming alongside of, you know, the biological families in order to support them. And ultimately equip them to be parents too Um, and I love that we get that opportunity because it's like I think sometimes we think of foster care as like taking somebody else's kids but in reality what we're doing is coming alongside of an entire family and being able to impact that entire family by loving on the kids honoring and loving and respecting the parents and ultimately you know working to even if they can't be reunified in some way, but maybe they can still have a relationship of some kind, or maybe we can still honor their heritage, or maybe we can still, you know, honor their I don't know, like their traditions or something just to keep, you know, that consistency going. But what do you think were some of the greatest joys of taking in the kids and then also of being a
1: foster nana? The hogs are the best on the, oh, are they the best. Oh my gosh, the hugs and the little smiles with no teeth or with teeth or, you know, um, even, even, you know, little, when we had her, she is so little and, but she had no teeth when we got her. Remember she was still nursing, you know, she was still nursing and all the way up to, to, you know, and, and being a teenager and, but still needing that hug and he still calls me mom and, um. Just, at, 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 oh yeah, just the hugs. I, it, it's an it's indescribable.
0: Yes. There's something about the I love yous too. They just hit different, I think. They do. Because so it's, it's like, when you have biological kids, now I don't have biological kids, so I'm not speaking from experience, but I feel like when you have biological kids, they have to love you, you know?
1: <laughs> All right, I'm going to push back a little on that one. You don't have to do anything. (laughs) Okay, okay, but it's like we're genetically predisposed to love you. You are genetically predisposed, a sinner of this world, fallen. Yeah, All right. Uh I guess we're having
0: a debate on this first podcast anyway. (laughs) But there's something, (laughs) there's just something special about someone that you know, comes into your life even after a short time, right, and them saying that they love you. It's like, wow, like I've really done something right. Like I've really done something right. And the Lord blesses that. Yes. Some of my best memories with my girls were like us checking ourselves out in the mirror in the morning on the way to school and like just like complimenting ourselves, complimenting each other, you know? And when the girls would come in in a new outfit or something, like they got a new shirt or new shoes and they'd be like, Mom, I'm having a good body day because I love my body. And
1: I was like, we win. That's a big win. That's a big win for teenagers. That's a big win. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. For me, the most impactful thing, I think, was getting to baptize my kids. You know, especially when they came to us, they had never heard of Jesus or been to church or anything like that. But they... God just he has a way of using people and the way that they love people to get to them you know like that whole saying you know they'll know we are Christians by our love that's like a real thing it is it is sometimes meeting the tangible needs of people is even more effective than bibling them absolutely
1: well living the example you know you're Jesus lives in in us right Jesus lives in us so how you know How are we going to show Jesus's love by treating others the way Jesus would treat others?
0: So the next thing I want to talk about is made to thrive ministry, because really, it's kind of our love project. I feel like the two of us together really started it. And so um, we just to set the scene of how made to thrive kind of came to be. You and I, and I think Daddy were at breakfast, and we had learned recently about um, children and teenagers that were being human sex trafficked from welfare shelters. And like the stats are astounding. I maybe I can like add a link or something for
1: people to be able to see them. But we have um, statistics on our website at thriveacademy.org. Ministry.org. ministry.org www.madetothriveministry.org great he's yes. helpless blood got the statistics we do have Shameless. the statistics on there <laughs> yes um
0: but part of that was I mean I think we were just heartbroken and angry and I mean that's what I was feeling um just hearing this news and so we decided we needed to do something about it and you gave us a brilliant idea. So what was your brilliant idea
1: and what inspired you? Well, I was just kind of, we, we also, in addition to helping the children come to our home, I mean, and people still show up at our door. Um, but we also, through World Vision and Compassion, we have um, sponsored children. And a right. few things that they do, I thought maybe we could incorporate, um, you know, without saying names or showing pictures for their privacy because they are foster children. Um, right. That we would be able to like put a trifold together and go to churches and and explain to the congregation, you know, there's if we of all the churches in the United States of America took one, just one per church, we could right. shut down the foster system. We or we could exactly. shut down the shelters. We could shut exactly. down the orphanages. Right. One family per church, not one, not fifty. People in that church get 50 kids, just one family if they would come forward and and their heart would be touched and God would just open up their lives to 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 foster and or adopt a child in need. There's many, many children who don't have moms and dads, you know, and they're and unfortunately, they're they're being taken advantage of. Yeah,
0: and it's heartbreaking. I think, you know. We started doing this in Miami, and now that we've kind of relocated, we're getting back on track as far as, you know, getting in contact with churches. But some of the most um, impactful, I guess, um, memories that I have of this ministry since we've started, which we've only really been around for, like, almost a year and a half now. Um, But I remember we had gone to a church um, up in northern Miami, And the church only spoke Spanish, so it was really fun um, because I had our daughter with us who speaks Spanish, and um, she got to share her testimony about being in foster care and how she came to be in foster care and all of that kind of stuff. And um, this girl came up to us after church about my daughter's age and um, was saying, you know, like, thank you so much for sharing your story. Like, I have a very similar story. And I didn't know that other people felt this way. And I didn't know that other people were going through what I was going through. And that was so impactful to us because I think sometimes, you know, we underestimate the power of our testimony. But I love that through Made to Thrive, we have the opportunity to go into these churches and share the testimony um, of what God's doing through this ministry um, and through The foster care system I I love that God can take such a broken thing and make it so beautiful right and that's just that's just what he does but I, I think it's so awesome that we get to do that and part of made to thrive um is not just going into churches and to um communicate what's going on in our ministry and to connect you know families with children but also we have made to thrive academy and made to thrive academy is like The coolest thing ever. I know I've had two students graduate from high school and I know that you have been doing tutoring with the elementary school kids. Can you share maybe like a specific story that touched your heart about your kids um, or your students? Maybe don't use their name, but just kind of share a little bit about them.
1: I um, The most beautiful thing about Made to Thrive Academy is something that we learned during COVID is that anything is possible via Zoom. Anything it's is true. possible via Google, right? Google Meet. Yes. Right. And um, what we also discovered is I'm in New Jersey, you're in Florida, or you're in North Carolina, right? Right. right? So right, right. we can continue to think. Fill the gap in the, these children's lives when they go house to house to house to house to shelter to, right. um, you know, the hospital, and their education is just so broken. So, right. the beautiful thing about Made to Thrive Academy is that we get the opportunity to fill in that gap and right, we get the right. opportunity to sit with them once a week, twice a week. just an hour at a time. And you know what, to be honest, some of that time too, isn't just learning. Some of that time is just talking. Some of that time is praying. Some of that time is just being uh, an encourager, you know, telling them how courageous they are and they're fighters. So, but, but filling in that gap, having two kids that uh, two students that recently graduated from high school and are in college it is, it is amazing. I'm so, I'm so proud, proud of, of them. So, so amazing. That is that is just, um, that's just the icing on the cake. You know, right. I, I teaching kindergarten for many, many years, the big, I, it wasn't about getting a paycheck. It was about, right. I love you, Mrs. Hill. Or it was about, I can read a sentence, you know? I know, right? right? Or it was about, I know what two plus two is. You know, yes. and we get to experience that through Made to Thrive Academy also, you know, I graduated yes. high school. Um, yes. I'm working with a fifth grader right now and, and she's going through some challenges. But there are some challenges that come up. She won't talk to anybody but me. Oh, that's yeah. special. So I it's that a in your shin. Yes. 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 And I'm there for her and I just listen. And again, it all goes back to telling them that they're loved and giving them right. those boundaries. That's really the key um, to, to this type of situation.
0: Absolutely. And I love that we get to do it. It's just so special.
1: Uh, and we amazing get to do it together because it's like, uh, well, okay, how many times have I called and I'm like, okay, Brianna, fifth grade math. Uh, can you jump on zoom real quick? <laughs> or, Oh, Brianna, Eighth grade math. I really need you on Zoom now. <laughs> Sorry, mom, that are on your own. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> no, we
0: make it work. We make we it work. We make it work. I mean, work. We were homeschooling two of our teenagers at the same time every day from home. And I think they caught up from like kinder into eighth grade or something in what, six months,
1: maybe less? It was less than that. It was less than that. And you know, the beautiful part of it is that they knew the information. They just needed the encouragement and the confidence to say the information. So the the beautiful thing about Made to Thrive is it's in a homeschool environment. You know, you're one-to-one on the computer or you're two-to-one on the computer. Um, You know, when I was living in Florida with you, it was in person. And when you have that opportunity to just be that intimate with them, uh, with these okay. children they realize they're really they're smart kids yeah they're smart just need that consistency
0: yes and i think sometimes it's hard for foster kids in a traditional school setting because it's like especially when you're jumping from school to school to school to school to school it's really difficult to keep up with the curriculum it's really difficult to keep up with where your classes are and you're going through so much in your personal life You don't have time to study your times tables, you know, but one of the things I love about homeschool is that we're able to work with our students one-to-one, but also at their own pace where we keep them on track. We're not letting them dilly-dally all day, but at least, you know, they don't feel rushed or they don't feel pushed, um, in a negative way. There's not that pressure, I guess, that added pressure that there would be in a traditional school. Right.
1: Yep. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Like I really pray that this podcast can um, just reach thousands and thousands of people that God would just do his miracles. And it's not really about made to thrive. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's really about the children and just getting the word out what the need is and how we can help them one child at a time. It's all takes one child yes. at a time, you know? the guidance and the love of God, everything is possible.
0: That's true. That's like the perfect way to end a podcast.
1: Amen. Oh, beautiful. Amen. Amen. I, love Amen. So I, love I love you so much. I love you, my bonan
0: Thank you so much for, for taking time to talk with us today and
1: I'll talk to you later. All right. I love you, honey. I love you too. You
0: Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Foster Care Chronicles is a testimony-based project to spread awareness and transparency about the foster care system. For more information, you can reach us on Instagram at Me to Thrive Ministry. See you next time.